Welcome, welcome, welcome. Um, my name is Nicole Block, and I am one of your hosts from Hints from HR. We're super excited that you're here with us today. Um, as usual, I've got my partner in crime, Becca Ramadi, the Vice President of the Texas Department Association's Education Foundation. Hey, Becca, how are you? I'm great. Um, so today we're going to go ahead and jump right into it. We have a really special guest who is an expert, um, and we're really excited to just have her lend her, you know, just her lens and her expertise um, onto recruiting. So today's topic is recruiting is the new marketing, which we're going to dive into here in just a little bit. But I'd like to introduce you guys to Kara Rice. Um, Kara, if you can give us an introduction as far as you know who you're with and what you do and kind of how you got into the industry, uh, that would be really fantastic. Sure. Thank you, Nicole. It is a joy to be here with you both. Thanks for the invitation. Um, I'm Kara Rice. I'm the Chief Communications Officer with Swift Bunny, and we are a supplier partner to the multifamily space, and we are focused on employee engagement. So we work with owners and managers to uh, help them figure out what's making their teams happy and what's yeah. making them perhaps not so happy um, so that they can make some changes and uh, fully support their team members in order to make the workplace work well for everyone. The ultimate goal there being employee retention uh, because yeah. that makes everything better for the business. So we were chatting uh, before we went live, Nicole. I actually started in the industry in 1991. So I think that makes me like the industry's grandmother. Uh, <laughs> I don't know how I got here so quickly, but I'm okay with that. Listen, I'm, I'm the great aunt right behind you. I, mean, I started in 94, so we're fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I started on the leasing side and I think others probably have a similar story. Um, I was renting first and then the community where I lived was hiring and I thought, sure, this sounds awesome. You know, really knew very little about it. But 30 plus years later, here I am. And it's been a very um, interesting, challenging, dynamic, uh, and overall yeah. satisfying right. So it's great to be here. Okay. All right. Fantastic. So, you know, if, if you guys in the audience remember, we've had Swift Bunny on several times. They are definitely a repeat guest. Um, we feel like they bring a lot of just industry-specific data. You know, sometimes when we're surveying things, it's it's multifamily and every other type of service that's out there. And this is specific to multifamily. So we find that it's definitely more intentionally focused for what we do as a supplier, as an operator, and again, the job seekers. So as we mentioned, we're talking about how recruiting is the new marketing. As, as if you guys know as well, we do have our TAAEF Resource Center, and we talk about how the focus there is to help you to recruit, train, and then retain, right? So we always talk about those three things. And so for today's topic, we're going to really dive into the recruit piece of it. It doesn't mean that training and retention aren't important to Swift Bunny or to us, um, but we want to ensure that we stay kind of laser focused on the recruiting because it is definitely different than it was. So, you know, as Kara mentioned, she started in 91. I started in 94. But I can remember um, when I was switching jobs in 98, like I literally just walked in to an office with my resume, right? And, and that's how that's how companies found people. Really, the people found them in many cases. And so if you can speak a little bit, Kara, to like 1991 versus even four years ago to right now, what are some of the big differences you're seeing in recruiting that we can talk about? Sure. Uh, yes, to your point, when I was new to the business, it just wasn't that hard to find people. Um, in fact, uh, as I just shared, you know, they hired me because I was a resident and they were like, oh, she's nice. She's friendly. She could probably do this. You know, so they yeah. come to me. Um, 
But the world has changed a lot in a lot of different ways. And in particular, in the last couple of years, I would say maybe three to five. Um, And I'm sure that I'm not telling you anything you don't know very intimately from the operator side, Nicole. So what are are some of the things that kind of talking through it? So again, we talked about where we were and and what's changing. Um, But maybe talk about like why recruiting is kind of everyone's job, like maybe kind of set that level set of expectations so that we can, first of all, anyone that's in this audience, whether you work, you know, in multifamily or about to, like once you are with your company, you know, let's talk about how recruiting is really everyone's job and why that's so important. It is so challenging right now. Uh, I'm sure everybody who's joined us here today is is in pain a little bit with trying to fill empty seats. And um, no surprise, we're, we're deep into this labor shortage, um, which has eased up a little bit. Um, so things are getting a tiny bit better, but not really all that much better. There just are yeah. more open jobs than there are qualified candidates. And so that means we have to really be creative um, because candidates are not going to fall from the heavens. We have to drum them up. In addition to that, candidate expectations have changed a little bit. You know, the world changed significantly during COVID and we all learned that, hey, all those things that, uh, you know, we thought couldn't happen, like flexible uh, work um, lives, you know, maybe being able sure. to do hybrid work, we were told, no, you can't do that. Well, we learned, yes, we can, because we pulled it off and candidates are still looking for some of that flexibility, perhaps. So, you know, things have changed a little bit. Candidates are more in the driver's seat. Um, but also another big factor, Nicole, is that demographics are shifting. So we have an aging population. We have a lot of folks retiring and not as many coming into the workforce, which is a real challenge. And that mm-hmm. actually is predicted to continue. So unfortunately, it feels like the um, labor pool isn't really going to get better. So that means that we have to get better in our own recruiting strategies. And you are absolutely right when you say that it is everyone's job um, because the staffing situation, every executive that I talk to right now lists that as one of, if not the top priority within their organization is hanging on to employees or finding new employees. Does that feel true to you and your experience, Nicole? Yeah, I I would definitely feel like we're trying to find that. And one of the things I wrote down whenever you were speaking is that we have less qualified candidates that are out there. So it doesn't mean, you know, and I think that recruiting, you know, I use the term kind of form over substance. And I feel like recruiting as a buzzword has become like a checklist, like someone else's job, right? We have recruiters, we have internal recruiters, you know, we put something up on Indeed and then you get 27,000, you know, then of unqualified candidates. Yep. And then it becomes the admin task to sort through all of those types of, mm-hmm. of, of candidates, right? So I think recruiting has changed instead of it being something that is like a, something to help us, it's just become kind of a, a tool that's kind of packing us down as far as just that, to find the quality, if that makes sense. And so <clears throat> that's yeah. the part of it that rings true with me is that, you know, we are, if you have a recruiting department, I think that everyone else tends to be hands-off. Like, oh, you know mm-hmm. what? You know, ABC person has it. So I'm just, I'm waiting for resumes, you know? And although that's part of it, but there's also a piece of it that I think is kind of, everyone else's responsibility. So I definitely think it resonates, you know, and but I think it's a, it's, a, it's just a re-education again, because we just have to continue to, to update with the times. 
Yeah, for sure. And I love that you brought that up because that's a shift that I've noticed in the last several years is more and more operators have recruiters on staff. That wasn't always the case even five years ago. So I put that in the plus column. That's amazing that we're getting that sophisticated and it's a good thing. On the other hand, exactly what you just said, it sometimes can have the effect of making others who don't have recruiting in their title think this is not my problem. Um, I'm not responsible for this. And I really would encourage everybody who works in the industry to own this, um, that it Mm -hmm. really should be part of everybody's job and considered everyone's problem. And to the title of our conversation here, recruiting is the new marketing. It's a marketing effort. Every single person who works for your organization represents the company and is a part of the company's brand. And they have the power to attract or repel folks from thinking that they want to work with your organization. So um, I think it's so important from the top top down in every organization to embrace that and think, you know, as we go about our business, as we go out in the world, we want to be seen as an employer of choice for anyone we interact with. It's also definitely... it behooves the rest of the staff to be thinking about who they can recruit because if there's an open position, who's going to do that work? And it's going to fall to those associates who are there who are going to have to pick up the slack for that open position. So that's a pretty good incentive to help recruit and market these opportunities to people you know or people in your community and your network. Well, and I think that one of the things that you said, Kira, I know you and I, we were talking again kind of in our in our intake session is that, you know, we have to always be cognizant that when we are at an apartment association function or we're just out in day-to-day life where you're mixing and mingles with your friend, your friends and family, like mm-hmm. you're always a reflection, whether you believe it or not, you're always a reflection of your personal brand and your professional brand. And so people are making choices of, Hey, I would love to work with that person or, Hey, I would love to work with that company. Or again, like you said, repel, like, Hmm, Okay. I'm checking that one off the list. And so I think that being more intentional about being the, you know, the face of your company so you can become an employer of choice um, is just something that I think we're missing. You know, we're, we're missing, you know, there's pockets of excellence, right? There's people that definitely do that. Uh, but I think that we should put mm-hmm. some intentionality behind it. You know, I think that that's definitely something that makes sure that market it the same way you're marketing on your, in your, you know, your Google analytics, like which words are people searching you for? Well, okay. Well, what type of culture, you know, going back to several Mm -hmm. of our other topics, you know, what type of culture am I promoting every time that they meet Nicole Block from Brookfield Properties? Like what, Mm -hmm. what am I putting out there? You know? So what can you speak on maybe the impact you've seen with that? Um, Yeah. I think that's great. Yeah, absolutely. I, you know, I think it reminds me of maybe 15 years ago, maybe it's 20 years ago now, when we were first having conversations about managing your online reputation um, in terms of what renters are thinking about you. It's the same thing with employers. You have a reputation, whether it's one you've cultivated or not, you have one. And so to your word, I love it, intentionality. This is what's important right now. Let's be intentional about what that reputation is. It starts with some thoughtful conversations internally, and that can happen at every level. It can happen at your community level, at your regional level. Um, it doesn't have to come from the very top of your organization, but start with you know the team that you work with and talk about what you want your reputation to be in this space. What is it presently, and what do you want it to be in order that you can 
um, attract new team members that are suitable for your organization. Yeah, and Becca brings up a great point in that, you know, I think sometimes the on-site or frontline associate doesn't realize how much power that they really have. I mean, leadership has no title. We've said that a thousand times. And I also would take it one step further that, yes, um, you're going to fill this position. And so you don't have to do that extra work. But I would take it one step further to think like, if I had a, a say in who's going to work next to me, you know, who would I want to work next to me? And so I think that, you know, and as a current associate, I know the culture better than anyone else. So I, I can also see like who is a culture fit, who's not a culture fit. And mm-hmm. I think sometimes we don't realize again, the influence that we do have. So anyone in the audience, you don't have to, you know, be running a portfolio. No, you could just be a leasing associate that is a frontline and, and holding that team together. Right. So it's it just, mm-hmm. there's not really a title that goes along with it. And I think that we miss that opportunity um, to be able to you know, be intentional about that. And I think you know, again, to your point, that it has to be a consistent message through every layer of the company mm-hmm. is that we're constantly, like we used to say, what, ABC always be closing? Maybe we change it to ABR now. It's like yes. always be recruiting, right? <laughs> yeah, I, you know, yeah. I absolutely love that. And I think you are so right. Wouldn't you like to have a say in who your coworkers are? Wouldn't you like to be able um, to influence attracting the best and the brightest to work with your team. Yeah. Well, you really do, as long as you embrace that that is a part of your job, even if it's not in your job title or in your job description. And I would argue if you're in charge of the job descriptions, put it in there, you know, make it right. everybody's focus because it is that important. Yeah, you know, job description is a whole out. other topic too. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, it is. Um, a thought that I had from a comment you made earlier was about, you know, networking when you're out in the market, say you're at your local association things, you know, some leaders can potentially feel a little bit threatened by these types of conversations. Like, I don't want my people being recruited at every event yeah. that they go to. Um, and I understand that concern. On the other hand, What I want to say is it isn't so much that you're always on the prowl and trying to steal somebody away from somebody else, but what you're trying to do is build these relationships. If you make a contact at uh, one of your peer um, competitors, if you will, and you make a connection with them, it isn't necessarily that you're hunting them in particular, but they may know people. You know, if you've got a good connection with them and a respect for how they work and how they carry themselves... They have other relationships and you build that relationship with them and it might lead to a connection with somebody else. So I really think we just need to get over if you have any hangups about being threatened by, um, you know, these networking opportunities that folks are going to get recruited away. I think we just need to get past that. And it's for the good of the industry as a whole. Yeah, but I, I would also take one step back. If you are an operator or a job seeker or a supplier that you know, does have that aversion to it, then is the aversion, I would just ask yourself the question, is the aversion that you don't, you haven't built the culture that your team would be attracted to, right? Is it an insecurity or is it that you as the recruiter don't feel comfortable projecting that culture or your company to attract? Because a lot of it is just, you're going to attract the right people. It's not necessarily, yeah, you're right. I'm not out on the proud one. Okay, I need to find a new, you know, right. it's not it, so I, I would just say that if you do have an aversion or you're coaching someone that does, I would find out what that aversion really was about. Is it that they're they're really afraid someone's going to get poached? And if they are poachable, then what can you do? That kind of goes to that other retention piece. We'll talk about it another day. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I do think that the 
the question is valid because to your point that it's really good for everyone and, and and you wouldn't not advertise on a certain ILS because your competitor did no you absolutely go where the competitors are right that, that's where you go so yeah. um, so i think by recruiting and looking at it really with that kind of twist on words with marketing um i, I think you you probably should do things you've never done before because you want to get results you've never seen before. So you can't keep doing the exact same thing. Um, let's talk a little bit about building a pipeline of talent. Nicole, one real, real quick yeah. one oh, yes, point ma'am. just about that goes into um, building a pipeline. But when you're marketing something, you're marketing oftentimes to a new audience and you're trying to get new people. And I think one of an important component of this conversation is the operators being comfortable hiring people with less experience than they may think they need. And sure. so if you're marketing, you're usually you're wanting to build your audience, you're wanting to um, expand that and reach new people, not necessarily the people you'd see at an apartment association event, although that's a very valid uh, part of the conversation, but finding new people and then being being comfortable with bringing them in at a lower experience level than maybe ideal or maybe beneficial yeah. at, for a little less experience in a lot of cases. Yeah, because culture is culture. It has nothing to do with skill, right? I mean, really, that you know, it's it's not about the specific administrative check bo- checking of the box. If the if it's a culture fit, you know, when we hire for attitude, you can train for aptitude. Yes. Um, you know, and, yes. I, and I know we've said that, I don't know, maybe 4,000 times on this podcast. So I think that <laughs> the audience is like, we get it guys, but no, we want to keep reminding you, like you want to, if you, if the talent pool is shallow, you've got to go swim in other ponds. Like you got to find something else, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, but no, so speaking of that, truly we got to build a pipeline for talent as well. So let's talk a little bit about how you guys envision that at Swift Funny or your experience and in, in building a pipeline care. If you can speak on that, that'd be great. Sure. Yeah. The pipeline of talent, I think, is so important. And it's really about being very deliberate or intentional in your networking activities. You know, always thinking about these relationships that you have in the space, thinking about um, maybe not even what your open positions are right now, but what they are likely to be so that when those openings arise, you don't have to start from zero, but you have yeah. contacts that you can kind of activate and either get them into a hiring process or find out who they know um, that might be uh, suitable for getting into kind of a hiring process. So the pipeline of talent, how you nurture that, um, it happens both in the real world, in your interactions, as we've talked about, say, at association meetings, et cetera, um, or even outside of our industry space, it's everybody you interact yeah. with. It's all your service right. providers. I mean, I think probably everybody who's here with us today knows somebody who came into the industry um, from someplace else, you know, maybe they were sure. an amazing manager at the dog groomer's office, you know, where the regional took her dog and then they started this relationship. Yep. So yeah, you just never know where you're going to be able to find great people. Um, so in the real world, but also online and a lot of this, um, pipeline building can happen through relationships that you build most Often it's on LinkedIn, but it could be your other social networks as well. Yeah, And uh, I think both of those spaces are very valuable. And what's going to work best for you might depend on the region that you support. 
So if everything that you support is in one specific city or market, then the face-to-face relationships might be the most important place for you to expend your energies. But I know you, for example, Nicole, you've got communities here, there, and everywhere. um, And you can't be in all those markets in every week. So probably your LinkedIn relationships are going to be very important to your pipeline. Um, You can have conversations with folks on LinkedIn and reach more people that way than you can um, through cocktail um, events at your local associations. Yeah, absolutely. That's what I was going to mention, too. And some of the challenges we have are in our remote markets as far as recruiting and kind of getting that getting the the boots on the ground to the local when we're not local. So that definitely we've had to be very creative. Um, in where we market, and it's it's definitely been more definitely more intentional, and definitely more of a mm-hmm. um, you know an online yeah definitely an online effort for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so speaking of online, and so yeah, you know, I know that one of the things we've talked about too is you know how how do we showcase our brand? You know, so one of you know so let's say we do have a culture that we're super proud of, we're we're pumped about our company. We just got to figure out like how to get the word out. So so walk mm-hmm. us through some maybe either good examples or like some tips and tricks over. You know, how you see when we need to showcase, excuse me, our employer brand. Sure. Um, again, this is something that shouldn't exclusively fall to someone who has recruiting in their job title. Yeah. This is really yeah. the job of everybody, particularly those who are supervisors and leaders. Um, but importantly, you want to make sure that online, um, your posts are not purely about, uh, we are hiring for a maintenance tech in DFW. Okay. Who isn't right? Everybody You're like thanks, right? Is. Everybody, yeah, is. yeah. Um, <laughs> so yeah, so you definitely want to showcase your personality online. Mm-hmm. And the companies that I see that are having really great success with recruitment do a great job of that. They regularly have posts that show off their team members. You know, they may spotlight mm-hmm. individual contributors. Um, they post a lot of things about uh, activities that the team is doing together, whether it's like an awards banquet or maybe some volunteer work they're doing in the community. Um Really, they're just trying to show off to the world what it's like to work at that space and the dynamism of it all. Um, And that helps them to build that employer brand because Mm -hmm. job candidates are like prospects in that they're going to investigate and find out what they can about a company when they're considering working there. So the more posts like that that you have um, online, the better you will be served in making them feel like this is a place where they want to be. Yeah. And that, that makes a lot of sense too, because, you know, kind of putting that back on the, like the prospect lens is that, you know, we might not be looking for a job now, but we might be in six months or oh, you know, I might know someone or know someone to bet this point. that's like, oh, I'm, I'm moving to XYZ. I want to get into the industry. Do you know anyone? We're like, ah, oh, hold on over here. Mm-hmm. So I think that there definitely is a connection that can be made, even if it's not personally for you, it's kind of like that tangential you know, thought process. So, and, and it's, yes, it has to be consistent though. Right. It's like, it has to be like, you know, I, I love that you're like consistently post about our people and what we're doing and the dog mm-hmm. party we had at the office or, or what, you know, whatever it is just to show what you're doing. That's not specifically administrative because you have to showcase your culture, like who you are, right. not what you do. Right. And this uh, is where that literal partnership between HR who typically manages the recruiting function 
and marketing comes in handy because I like to say that HR can be the stake. Like they, you know, they know what job openings there are or are coming up, but marketing is the sizzle. And together that's really powerful because marketing is probably going to put together better social posts than the HR team, right? No, this is no diss against HR, but that's marketing skill set. So team up together and use the marketing folks to help you, you and your company put your best foot forward. Yeah, and on a smaller and scale, this, Nicole, oh, this can happen at yeah. a smaller scale too, even if it's not your marketing department. If it's your region, there might be somebody within your region who's really good at Canva, you know, tap that person to make the best posts that are supporting your activities. Yeah. And, and I think anytime you're looking at your team and looking at the team dynamics and their strengths and, and being able to utilize those, but and going back to really, this is everyone's job. So who who here is good at X, Y, and Z? Who wants to put a video mm-hmm. up? And and I know that you mentioned that you want to like encourage you know employee evangelists. You know, I love that. You know, kind of love that phrase. That, yeah, you know, someone who's so passionate about working for where they work and and working for who they work for. You know, and putting those up. I don't know if you sorry. Those sirens behind me. I I it's promise. Real I'm real life. I get it. I know. It's like we're. I am in downtown Dallas. I'm now now you all yeah. know. Uh, but I, but I just wanted to kind of. Ask a little bit more about when you say like look for to encourage employee evangelists. What does that look like? You know, how has that been successful? You know, what what have you seen that work? Oh yeah, so uh, I am guessing that there are some employees that you support who basically live their lives online, right? Everything yeah. that they do gets shared to their social. Sure, sure. So. I would encourage you as a supervisor to think about your team and who is it that's, you know, a very active poster. And then also think about your team and think who really embodies um, the brand that we want to convey as an employer right. and look for the overlaps there. It's a little Venn diagram. Okay. So who among your team is very active on social and is also a great representative of your organization? And talk to that person about potentially being um, an employee evangelist. Some of your folks, I have no question in my mind, are doing this already anyway. Already, right. It's just harnessing it. Yeah, but you could formalize it um, and make it an additional part of their responsibilities. And I'm talking about just being um, a voice for the company, sharing information, yeah. and you want it to feel as genuine as possible. So just, you know, like day in the life kind of posts. This is what it's like to work on site. Here's 10 interesting thing that, things that happened to me on a Monday, you know, right. any kind of shares like that and uh, possibly include a hashtag that you have uh, determined together would work really well for you. Um, I right. want to share one example of somebody that I think is fantastic at this, and that is is Tony Souza um, with RPM, and he's out of San Antonio. Mm-hmm. If you don't yeah. follow him, um, you're in the minority because almost everybody does. But he is such a great brand evangelist, and everything that he does, I shared it at uh, my TIA session. There was this one post of him and coworkers, um, just a selfie taken in a parking lot. Like, how much fun could that be? But let me tell you, it looked like they were having an absolute blast. And, yeah. you know, he always uses the hashtag, we are RPM. And um, it, it just makes you think, what's going on over there? That looks like a good time. Right. I want to learn more about that. So that's what yeah. I'm talking about with employee evangelism. You've got folks on your team, I know, who are um, uh, absolutely would be killer at this. And it may just take a conversation to activate it. 
Yeah. And I think that just kind of flipping the script on it, because I know when social media first came out, you know, we were actually discouraged from being friends with people we worked with. We were discouraged from, you know, Mm -hmm. leadership and and those types of things. So I think we just need to ask ourselves those questions on what does that look like now? So you've given us so much to think about. I mean, as we're kind of wrapping things up, I mean, we just, you know, we always enjoy having our experts come on and kind of show the world through their lens. Um, so, so Kara, thank you. You've given us a lot to think about, you know, as a, as a job seeker, again, the operators and suppliers that are out there, how are you recruiting? What does your marketing look like right now? And, and can you, you know, take any of these steps in order to just be that employer of choice? Um, as usual with hints from HR, we want to ensure that you're asking the right questions. We don't have all the answers. We don't <laughs> have all the answers at all, um, but we hope just to provoke questions um, so that you guys can be just more fulfilled in this industry. All right. Well, fantastic. Again, Kara, it's been our pleasure. Becca, as as usual, my partner in crime, I'm loving it. Um, Have a wonderful, wonderful time. We'll see you next time on Hints from HR. 